Jeff Ogilvy survives Wingfoot. Now the moment Aaron Bradley has waited. Curry Webb is the five-time Australian Open champion. Golf at its best by one of the best in golf, Peter Thompson. Stand in front of a crowd like this today and win the PGA Championship is pretty special. He's done it at last. Greg Norman. his name on the Stonehaven Cup. Leishman to 11 under. Now we've got a new leader, kids. Here is Adam Scott. A life changer. Coming up next, you have unrestricted access to golf across Australia and the world. Thanks to Golf Australia, we're going inside the ropes. Subscribe now on iTunes or your favourite podcast app or head to golf.org.au. Hello and welcome to Inside the Ropes 2019 edition. Uh, This is our first of hopefully, well, I don't know. Let's go another 50 at least this year. Mark Hayes joining you from the host seat. Andy Marr back again next week. We are here for episode number 78 of Inside the Ropes, our very first special show of 2019. Uh, A lot more to come. Before I talk about that, I'd like to welcome my co-host for this episode, the 78th one, Martin Blake, uh, journalist extraordinaire. <laughs> G'day, Hazy. Do you like extraordinaire? Uh, very nice. Can you spell it? Uh, yeah, I'm very good with my French. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good to be back. It's exciting times with golf. It's been a little bit quiet, you know, over the Christmas period, obviously. But, gee, we're not. We're only two weeks out from the Vic Open and the Women's Australian Open. Then you roll on into the Super Six and then the, the Masters is coming around. I mean, it's just, it's going to be a really exciting year and... Uh, well and truly up for it. It's great to be back. Speaking of someone who's up for it, I know that she's going to bring more stuff to the, the table here than perhaps any co-host has ever done in the history of Inside the Robes. Stacey Peters, welcome back. Wow, I'm feeling a little pressure already, Hazy. Um, no, it's great to be back and yeah, nice little break over the summer, but I think uh, the break is always it's always nice. It's, uh, it gets you excited, it gets you keen for golf again. So. You've, prom- you've promised me big things, so I hope you're going to deliver. <sighs> I'm just happy to be allowed back. Did you, did you play any golf, uh, Stace, over the break? Because you, are you like one of those pros that doesn't play golf much? I love playing mm. golf. So I tried to play as much as I could, and I'm itching to uh, to get back to Victoria Golf Club, and when that's open, I'll be... Uh, mm. Yeah, I'm itching to get back. I've got to tell you a story, Blakey, about right. Stacey and golf over the summer because uh, I had the opportunity, as did Stacey, to go and play the uh, the Blitz the Blitz mm. golf at Kerr Lewis, my home club down on the Ballerine Peninsula near Geelong. And uh, Stacey sort of just rang me very impolitely a few days before and said, will you caddy for me at your home course? And I said, Stace, thanks for you know not thinking that I could be part of the Blitz Golf, but I'm actually in the chopper field. It's actually meant to be a celebrity event, isn't it? Like a well, that's why Hazy was playing, obviously, and I <laughs> you, wasn't you thinking. You counted as a celebrity. No, no, no. It was just a, I hope you yeah. didn't have to do that run-through thing where you run through the banner kind of I stuff. Saw, I sort of did, of. actually. I would oh, have yeah. liked to have seen anyway, that. As a local is, hero. This yep. is not about me. This is about Stace. Right. Stace and I made a bet subsequent to that after her groveling apology that the loser, the first person eliminated out of the two of us, would carry the other one's bag. Ooh. So what do you think happened, Blakey? <laughs> Just, you know, there's a Vic Open champion, a dual winner on the ladies' European tour. She you got know, knocked out. How long did you last, Stace? Uh, I lasted 15 holes. Mm-hmm. But um, obviously, the celebrity uh, went all the way. So when you when you, you let's just re, rehash this in the blitz golf format, you play nine, and the top X and amount go through. 
you play six and the top X amount go through. Yep. You made it through the first cut, which is well done to yeah, you. Yeah, I was actually, yeah, I was kind of happy I didn't embarrass myself. And and then only a select, a select, you know, class field goes on to play the last three holes. And so, that was Mark Hayes. On so, his home track. On his home track, probably expected, in 43 yeah. degree heat. It was a stinking hot day. So yeah. what do you think? Your face just, would have been nice and red, Hazy. No, day. it was cool as a cucumber. Oh, yeah? yeah, absolutely. So what do you think happened after 15 holes when Stacey was due to pick up my bag and she, start wandering around? She was hot and bothered and she refused to carry your bag? Um, let's go with that, yeah. Yeah. Says, There's oh, more gotta, of a story, but. I've got to go home, Hazy. I can't do it anymore. <laughs> See you later. D- drop, me like a, drop me like a bad habit. Precious. Yeah, Precious. and he just turned around and said, whatever. Just yeah. ditched. Oh, she's very lucky to be here today. <laughs> it's, Haven't it's, heard the end of it, <laughs> I can tell you that. But, yeah, something, you know, I don't have many regrets, and that's not one of them, actually. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, was, uh, it was a great day down there, and congrats to Hazy on getting through. I uh, didn't make the final, though, unfortunately. Choked the last three holes, but that's the story of my golfing career. Mm. Uh, let's, let's just flash forward a bit here and away from our uh, self-discussions. We're obviously back for 2019. A really big thank you to all the people who asked when we were coming back. Really grateful for all the inquiries. Um, really, Andy Ma watch. Uh, <laughs> Andy. Actually, he hasn't been mentioned this morning. No, no, Andy? I did say he will be back. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think he will be back next week. Okay. But I'm uh, really grateful for the you know the interest that people have shown, and I appreciate them walking up to us at tournaments and asking when it's back. We're back bigger than ever, uh, and for 2019, it's going to be a huge year for Inside the Ropes. We'll bring you. More great guests, hot topics, and a variety of new segments through the year. Our aim is to really grow this show. So if you think uh, something you'd like on the program uh, or know someone who enjoy Inside the Ropes, let them know. Let us know what you want to hear about. We'd love it if you could share an episode with everyone else. Um, we have a rusted on audience. We'd like to expand that a little bit. So if you can spread the word, we'd be really grateful. Get in contact with us via ins- at, on Twitter at, at Inside the underscore Ropes. Uh, or through the other channels through Golf Australia, so that it's a really big hope we have for the for the podcast this year to take it to that next level. And to that point, we're going to start a couple of very important things today. Top of that list, uh, and this is one of the Peter's promises that she's brought to the table. And I, I, this is world class from you, Stacey. We have, would you believe, Blakey Annika Sorenstam, the one of the all time, if the greatest, the all time greatest female golfer on the planet is coming on Inside the Ropes today to talk to Stacey Peters as part of our uh, very first Road to the Women's Australian awesome. Open uh, that we're instigating today. We're going to have some massive guests in the next few weeks, um, this week and next. I haven't set up the third and fourth one before we get to Adelaide yet, but I know that this week with Annika and next week, I'm not sure if I should mention it or not, but I'm. Should, do you think I should mention it? Yeah. Very hopeful that we're going to have arguably the greatest golfer in the history of Australian golf Come and join us next week, Kari Webb. Um, I, I couldn't be more excited, Stace. That this absolutely. is absolutely me too. Sorenstam Webb, bang bang, legend, legend. Oh, yep. like it doesn't get any bigger than that. So we're yeah. really excited about the road to the Women's Open, which will start today uh, with Stacey's chat, which we'll introduce in a few minutes. Uh, awesome stuff. Um, we also are going to get to speak to uh, Daniel Gill, a young golfer from Wodonga. With the, one of the more extraordinary stories of all time, he's foregone the Australian amateur to play uh, a practice, a pro-am round with none less, 
or none other than Dustin Johnson and Brooks Kepka, Blakey. I love these little stories. And uh, just further to your point about people contacting us, you know, let us know about these little things that happen. Now, this one, obviously, Hazy, you picked up on that one. But remember last year, we spoke to people who had, you know, I remember speaking one day to a guy who had two holes in one in one day and, you know, that that kind of thing, you know, quirky little things that happen or great things that happen out in clubland. By all means, let us know because we're, we're very amenable to, you know, put these up on air. It's, it's the kind of thing yeah. we're looking for, really, it's to, to, to try and connect with, with ordinary golfers. Yeah, great not, stories. Not just talk about pro, pro yep. golf. Yeah. Correct. Really and, good. And the last, I guess, preview aspect of this show, Stace, is you're going to break some news later on, well, two amazing things in women's golf, really, from an Australian perspective. I know you're really excited. Don't tell us all now, but it's pretty big news, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I'm uh, excited to be announcing it on Inside the Ropes today. That's awesome. Well, let's- Secret. Let's get down to this. Um, oh, look, there's been a lot of stuff and not a lot of stuff all in the one breath. I know that sounds weird. Happen over the Christmas period. I think number one um, has been the instigation of the rules. We all talked about it beforehand. Um, January 1 came in. There's been a lot of discussion about it in the interim uh, between January 1 and now when we're recording this on the Wednesday. Are you putting with the flag stick in, Hazy? I'm not, Stace. Are you? No, I'm not. I just can't yet. Yeah, I am from long range. I am, yeah. yeah. Is that because you like it or because you can't bother getting your caddy to go up there and take it it out? It speeds it up and it's very unlikely that I'd ever put a putt in from that distance. So (laughs) why not just leave it in? No, it gives you a bit of perspective. I mean, uh, you know, I I was at the Australian Amateur like you two uh, last weekend and uh, here in Melbourne and and a lot of the the top amateurs were putting with the flag in mm. from from distance you know um, not not so much from short range like Bryson DeChambeau but yeah. uh, definitely from distance they were leaving the flag in I think they're gradually working out that it's probably a better odds of it going yeah, in actually I've been leaving it in when I've been the first to putt on a green and my playing partners aren't up to the green yet yeah. so I walk up and from twenty five meters. I'll just hit it and not have to wait for them. And I think that's the beauty of speeding so, up play. Yeah, that's a speed of play thing, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Not not for a line of sight as I drop too many 75-foot putts, by the way. Um, but I did see a lot of chatter on social media in the first three, four, five, six days in particular after the new year. Uh, and people were bitching and carping and complaining about the rules. Um, and I think, from my experience with them, that they are the vocal minority. Yeah, I I think they've actually rolled out pretty well. There's been a lot of talk about, um, you know, bending down to drop from knee height, and I think that's you know that may or may not change. I don't think it. I don't think it will change because uh, the principle of that is to not have the ball roll out of the drop area. Um, it does look a bit awkward right now, but I think the overwhelming majority of people, correct me either of you if you think I'm wrong, that have adapted to the rules pretty well. My uh, my assessment of it would be that most people, you know, it's been, it's it's uh, been accepted pretty well. Most of those rules, not every single one of them, but by and large, they've been accepted well. The putting with the pin in, uh, it's going to take some getting used to. You, you made the point, Hazy. You know, if someone wants the pin out and you've already left it in, you know, it kind of gets a little bit awkward on the green sometimes. But uh, by and large, it's pretty good. The dropping is interesting. I mean, people are dropping it to the side of their legs. And I was talking to a referee at the amateur on the weekend, and he said, you don't have to drop it at the side. You can actually stand with it right in front of you and just sort of bend down to knee height and drop it there if you want to. I mean, you might be worried about it hitting your 
your feet, but you, you don't have to drop it over to the side, actually. Okay. You've got to drop it at knee height, but so it can be right in front of you if you like. That's been a habit, a tradition to do it on the Everyone's side. Everyone's going out to the side, but you don't have to. The other thing this referee, who was a Tassie referee, said to me was that, that it was cutting, the rules generally were cutting the, the playing time by about 10 to 15 minutes. Now, I'm not sure whether that's across the board, but that's what it, what he said. So that would be good. Um, the three minutes to find a lost ball, I, I think that's pretty... It's quite a harsh rule, but anyway, yeah. it's, it's, it's probably, yeah, I think that's, it's not very long, three minutes. Yeah, I think that's the one that I'm, when you're actually looking for the ball, it's like, when when the rule first came out, I didn't think too much of it, but then when I played in the Blitz Golf, we were looking, um, a, well, I'm going to make known that it wasn't my ball that we were looking for, but <laughs> no, we were looking for a ball in our group, and then the rules official was there, and it was like, oh, time's up. I was like, oh, that's that it. actually was, that's mm. quick. Well, I like yeah. that. I think if you're not finding it in three minutes, you're probably not going to find it. Yeah, sure. But that's just my take on it. I think yeah. the, I think the one that seems to me to be ongoing, other than the, the, the dropping that you mentioned, Blakey, was there's been a, a rehash of talk about getting relief from a divot based on the fact that you yes. can move impediments in bunkers. Yes. So why would people who get relief, in inverted commas, because it's not really relief, but are able to move something in a bunker – but now on the middle of the fairway, if you do roll into a divot, you have no uh, new option for relief. It's the same. It's the same. And mm. I, my point to that is it's golf. Play it where it lies. Learn how to play out of the divots. I know it's not fair, but golf isn't fair. It's it's by design unfair. I think if they uh, – you know, that, that rule is probably the most unpopular or that non-rule is probably the most <laughs> unpopular in all of golf. But, uh, look, if they did – bring in a rule to say you could take a drop out of a divot, mm. what constitutes can, a divot? Massive can of worms, because if you haven't got a perfect lie, you'll just say, oh, this was a divot from three months ago, and you'll yeah. just roll it onto something that's cushy yeah. and beautiful, and that's just, that just does not work. Jeff Ogilvy won a US Open out of a divot on yeah. the 18th hole, 72nd hole. I mean, uh, you know, good pros, Stace, can play out of a divot, right? You can yeah, put, I, yeah definitely. You put it back in your stance and Just, and a, kind of just another shot. Yeah. yeah. Give us a tip, Stace. How do you overcome that? I put it a little further back in my stance and hit down on it a little bit, a bit steeper. Mm. And the ball comes out lower? Fraction lower, yeah. But not only marginal. No, I, I don't mind it. Too. Oh, you know, there's a difference between just a little divot and a crater. Yeah. But, you know, I, I don't I don't adjust too much. Mm. Those couple of little things there, but slight adjustments. Mm. Yeah. So... All right, Blakey, let's move away from the rules. We could probably talk about that, and we will no doubt through the year. Um, anything catch your eye in the, I guess, the summer schedule of the US PGA Tour or the new the tournaments we've already run and won? I see uh, Curtis Luck was front and centre for a while there, but we had our normal problem being able to actually see that on television. Curtis Luck was invisible. Wasn't he? You know, uh, I think through two rounds, Curtis was running second to Phil Mickelson, which um, I wrote about for the website. It's uh, it's great to see Curtis jump up like that. Unfortunately, uh, the, the television coverage with any any time Phil or Tiger, those two are near the lead, you are going to struggle to see anyone else. And Curtis, unfortunately, didn't get past Phil. Otherwise, they would have had to show him. But you know, he shot well. He was he was second through through two rounds and he then on the weekend again we didn't see him but he shot 76 75 and dropped back to 70th which was unfortunate Cameron Davis finished 28th in that tournament and and that was good for him and and Aaron Baddeley rattled home to finish 18th Phil Mickelson probably should have won it he shot 60 in the first round in California but Adam Long in his sixth start at 31 years of age only six starts on the PGA Tour 
won the tournament. And how's this? He doesn't. He did not have a Wikipedia page. Adam Long on Sunday night, and he yes. won a US PGA tournament, beating Phil Mickelson going down the stretch. Wow, that's he, where he you were going to get one? all your info, wasn't it? He now has one. I don't use Wikipedia. <laughs> oh well, how did you find that <laughs> okay, out, Blakey? Right. Yeah, I must admit. Yeah. <laughs> no, he didn't have a page. Is I read that, right? that on a website this morning. Wow, wow. Blakey, you've probably got a page. I don't think I have. Oh, okay. You, you can, can start one if you like. <laughs> knock one up. I'd have to vet it very carefully, though. <laughs> It was a tremendous shot by Long uh, from a side hill stance in the yeah. rough. Uh, his second to the 18th green was just unbelievable under the pump. And yep. In that situation. 65 yeah. last round. Yeah, yeah, I was really happy to see him win because I'm not a fan of Phil Mickelson, even though I did tip him in the, my competition. But, um, yeah, it was it was good to see a, a, a new story uh, develop rather than just another Phil Mickelson story. Yeah, we didn't want this nah, cheesy no, grin happening again, did we? Nah, the no, the cheese factor is fairly yeah. high for me there with yeah. Phil. I know that there were a lot of people saying, how awesome would it be if a 48-year-old won? But I was really delighted to see uh, Adam Long get the chocolates. My stat on him, Blakey, was his career prize money mm. went up by more than 8,000%, <laughs> which if you think about that is quite extraordinary in one Sunday afternoon wandering around the desert of California. Yeah, very impressive. Yep. Um, what... what I implore the USPJ Tour to actually think more broadly. They've, they have taken – I've ranted about this. I'm not going to start ranting this early in the year, but they've taken calendar dates. They've taken players. They've taken sponsors. They've taken WGCs. They've done everything. I think it comes with the responsibility to show global golfers around the world and not think that their TV coverage is purely American. It's really disappointing to see Curtis Luck – in the final group of a PGA Tour event and still barely see a shot, even if he's not going so well, surely there's downtime when Phil's not playing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he was coming, what, second, second. in the event at he's one point? He was second through two rounds. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's in the final group yeah. with, uh, with uh, Phil Mickelson. On I, the, I don't on think the he was. Uh, they, were, they were playing on two courses, so there's something uh, unusual set up there. So I don't I don't believe he played with Phil on the last day. Otherwise, they, if he'd played with Phil, that's a guarantee you'll, you'll get on the coverage. Yeah. He, he was in actually, the background. He was actually in another group. Uh, oh, was he? I apologise. Yeah, but even so, you it's know, still incumbent he, on them to show who's running second in the tournament. Yeah, yeah. I mean, good luck to to Curtis. He's, you know, it's his first full year as, as a member, and um, you know, we we hope he goes well. He's got a lot of charisma and a lot. There's something about Curtis Luck, and he just needs a bit of a break. Uh, just so eleven thousand dollars jumped in for Curtis. Hopefully, that's enough to sort of uh, keep the wolves from the door and get him up in the re rank. Cameron Davis, as you mentioned, Blakey thirty nine thousand. He can play that. That kid sixty four thousand yeah. dollars for Aaron Baddeley. <laughs> um, one of them finished uh, fifteen under, and one finished sixteen under. At twenty five thousand dollar jump for a you know for Bads over Davis. It's it's extraordinary money when you consider what uh, you know what's played for in other parts of the world. So. Let's hope the US PGA Tour can sort of keep an eye on uh, the global nature of that tour and give us some love elsewhere. I did, before we move off the US stuff, I did see, did any of you guys see Jerry Kelly's shot in the yes. Champions Tour? Yes. No, so, I didn't. So no. he's, he's playing... Unbelievable. He's playing uh, an Lele on the Champions Tour in Hawaii. Don't smile at me when I say that. Like, I'm not really fluent with my Polynesian, Polynesian pronunciation. He's hit to the 18th, oh, actually, sorry, the 6th or 7th, the 7th hole in the third round of that Second tournament. shot to a par 5. Second shot to a par 5, and he has blocked it. Miles. 
30 degrees left. Like it is a, it's not quite a shank, but it is so far right, it's ridiculous. Well, it was far enough right that he, when he hit it, he was running away to the left to see if he could see where it was going to land. He actually took off, heading off left. Yeah. Um, so we could actually keep track of where it hit. Now, I'm not sure if it hit a bridge, like a pedestrian bridge. I think it was a, a, a stone wall or something wall. like and that. Then, and then it bounces onto lava field. Mm. Then it hits the cart path as it's working its way back towards the fairway and it shoots forward, runs onto the green and he cans a 70-foot putt yeah. for an eagle three. It's the worst three in the history of golf. <laughs> that, yeah. that was extraordinary. And don't forget that um, one T. Woods is going around this weekend, his first start of the year. True. At Torrey Pines where he always wins. So, you know, I'm, I'm really interested to see how how Tiger goes. I mean, he, he uh, wasn't that good at the at the Ryder Cup after winning uh, the the uh, Tour Championship. And he has said since then that he felt like he wasn't physically prepared because of his injury and his recovery from injury. He wasn't sure how much golf he was going to be playing. He played a bit more last year than what he was earlier anticipating and then got really tired. So I reckon that he's been, he'll have been working unbelievably hard and he'll have himself... Ready to go and uh... so th- so this is Tory Pines and we're in uh, you know the, the, basically the fourth week of January and there is a bit of an altered schedule there um, um, a substantially altered schedule this year. Do you think that we're going to see players out and about a bit earlier than we previously have? Let's let's talk about the PJ schedule and we'll come to you, Stace, and talk about the new look women's schedule too around the majors. But Blakey, we've got the Players Championship moving from May to March, yeah, back to its original time slot, and we go so March players. Masters April, PGA US PGA May, mm. US Open June, British Open July, and we're done except for the the playoffs of the US PGA Tour. Do you think that's a good thing? And are yeah. we going to see something uh, different in the in the schedules that players adopt? They needed to do something with the PGA. It always feels like it's just kind of tacked on mm. towards the end, and uh, so they've done that now. And you know, it's interesting though, Hazy and Stace, that um, Kepka and Dustin Johnson are both playing in Europe this week, not at, not at Torrey Pines. So uh, there's obviously the big event, uh, the uh, big event in Dubai this week, which is big money and it's a, a big European tournament. And maybe they're paying him some money. I'm not sure to well, turn up. There's no know. doubt about yeah. it. Yeah, so, so they're all, they're all over there. But we won't guess. They're up the and figures. they're up and running. Yeah. Now, yeah. Stace on the women's side uh, for the Evian Championship in the recent years, there's been almost cyclonic conditions on one day of that tournament as, it, as sort of autumn fault on the on the Northern Hemisphere and the side of the, the mountains there at Evian-Laban, uh, we've seen some pretty ordinary weather. Um, so I think that's a major contributing factor in one of the rescheduled events um, on the major championship calendar for women's golf. Yeah, definitely. They've, uh, they've moved that forward to um, July. I think it's the week of like the 25th, 26th, something like that. And it's actually the week before the British Open, the Women's British Open. So back to back. It's back to back, back to back majors. So yeah, it's an interesting, you know, we've got the five majors of the year. We've got the A&A first week in April, then move to US Open late May, then the KPMG mid-June. So you know it's pretty it's pretty stacked there from April through to end of July. Busy time it is, and you know when you're talking about players like trying to peak for certain events and stuff, I think this will be a big testing year for a lot of the girls because I know it's a huge like busy busy schedule throughout that time as well. So I think a lot of the girls will be very selective in what they're playing. 
It should work better, shouldn't it, having the Evian away from the you know the grasp of autumn? Uh, absolutely. I mean, have have we had an Evian championship without delays? It's always, always wet, like, cold, I think we're doing foggy. well to get 54 holes in, aren't we? Mm, Usually. Yeah. And yeah. it is. Not being negative. It's just no, it's it's the fun. way it's been. Keep yeah. talking about the Evian uh, championship because you can get hazy to say Evian Le Ban. Evian Le Ban. A few more times. <laughs> Extraordinaire. <laughs> Very sexy. <yeah. laughs> well, like you're talking about five majors. There's been a lot of talk recently about the players. Now, mm. the fifth, where, so-called fifth major. Where do you stand on, and I use huge talking marks here, on the fifth major? Uh, well, what, what, should it be a major? Yeah. No. Um, <laughs> there's only four majors, and there's no reason to ha- make that a major. It's, um, it's driven by the USPGA Tour, because people have to understand that the USPGA Tour don't own the other majors that are played in America. The PGA is owned by the... PGA of America, the Masters is owned by Augusta, uh, you know, the US Open is owned by the USGA. So it's their flagship event. So, of course, they talk it up and they'd like it to be a major. But I don't particularly uh, – I'm not a big fan of that golf course. I know you've played it, Hazy, and it's, you know, it's nice to look at and that. But I, I don't particularly like that, that course and I, I don't think it should be a major, but it's, it's a, one of the bigger events, there's no doubt about it. They get a great feel for it. That's one thing. It's but I, w- I would make – would you yeah. make it a major? I wouldn't even dream of making it a major, no. but I really, no, do, I, I, I really do fear that money will talk here, and ultimately something will happen. And I, I just think it goes against all the. You know, we got to change. I get that, but this goes against the history of golf completely in my eyes. Mm, well, like a lot of things in golf, there's not many sort of rules. Who who actually makes the rule that you're a major? I, I don't even know that the answer to that. Well, yeah, Evian's the classic example of that, Stace, isn't it? I mean, it just put a sum of money on the table that made it impossible to sort of deny. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, you know, I was probably against it to start with for similar reasons mm. to you guys, you know, tradition, tradition and everything. But then I'm like, you know what, it's it's more attention to women's golf. It's more money to women's golf. It's more opportunities. Um, mm. Yeah, so I definitely, I have I have turned on, on that side of it with the Evian and I'm all for it. Mm. So. I am, and I am in that respect really yeah. glad to see what you mentioned, but also a uh, major away from the United States. Yep. <laughs> that's good to see one in France, one in Britain. Um, mm-hmm. that's, that's a wonderful aspect of that. Yep. Now, before we go too far, I'm going to start. Everyone who comes through here, myself, and I'll get Andy to do it too. As a co-host, I'm going to pin you down to what you think. Well, it's sort of time capsule sort of stuff about what's going to happen in 2019. And you two are the guinea pigs today. I might have a little crack at it myself, but you two are going to have to really carry the can for all the, the co-hosts we'll have later in the show as the year unfolds. Stacey Peters, what do you think is the certainty of golf? Remember, we're going to unfold this probably in December and make you look really silly. So what is the certainty of golf in 2019 for you? Well, I don't think I'm going to look silly at the end of the year with my prediction. I am predicting Minji Lee will win. A tournament a, or a major? A tournament. Yeah. Oh. She's won. What a big call that is. She's won one, she's won one nearly every okay, year. Okay, I'll say so she's going to win a major. Come on, get, out, get off the fence. I was just – no, okay, I'll go. She's going to – It's extraordinary. Hazy, you, you gave us 30 seconds notice on this, you know. Um, okay, I'm going Minji Lee will win a major. That's better. Yeah. The splinters that, in your – That could make a headline. <laughs> yeah. I could make a headline out of that. You could Golf <laughs> Australia's what, – what's your title, Stacey? I was just trying to – Stacey Peters says Minji Lee will win a major. I'll add, I might make a headline. Yeah. Out. I'll add to that. I reckon yep. she'll be in the top three in the world by the end of the year. Nice. Good one. 
Blakey, what, what do you what got, Blakey? Yeah, I was speaking to Richie, uh, Richie Smith, her coach, just before Christmas, and we were talking about where she sits in the whole thing, Minji, and she's number six at the moment. Uh, she should have won more than once last year. She was absolutely dudded by a great shot by Lydia Coe in, in a playoff, and she had other opportunities to win. She could easily have won four or five. Yep. Uh, he was saying that uh, that you know there is a bit of a pecking order, even right at the top end of women. So Park... Uh, from Korea. In B? Uh, no. Uh, help me uh, with Sung Hume Park. Sung Hume Park. Um, our area Jatanagan. Mm-hmm. Um, those kind of, she's, there's another level right at that, that very top bit. So, and in, uh, Minji's not quite there yet. Okay. To do that, she'd, she'd probably have to win, well, area won three times last year, including a major. So there is a little bit of a jump there, but she's, she's capable for sure. What's your certainty? My certainty is that Cameron Smith will win something big uh, this year. That's How a, big just, are we talking? That's a little less splintery, but still, <laughs> nonetheless, you want to Do you think we've been splintery. a bit conservative, uh, Hazy? Do you think we're not going hard enough, are we? Not yet. I wanted to say that he'd win a major, but I, I'm not sure about that. But I am sure he wins something big. He might win a World Golf Championship or or a players or something okay. like that, or maybe you'll win a major. major I just, you uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I just, I really love Cameron Smith's game and his attitude and everything. And he used to, you know, be regarded as a bit of a short hitter because he's only a little guy, as you, you know. Uh, but, boy, he puts it out there now. He's not a short hitter at all. Mm, true. And his wedge game, if I could play wedges like that, my goodness. You wouldn't be sitting here, would oh. you? <laughs> uh, no, he's a beautiful chipper, putter, wedge and you know he's 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 a scorer. Yeah, he's a scorer. So um, good head on him. You know, very calm, very Australian. I love the Australianness of the guy. I think you know the public could really embrace him if he if he can win something big like they did at the World Cup uh, down at Metro just before Christmas. So that's my certainty. Cameron Smith wins well, something big. Right, You'd I'm, agree I'm, with that, wouldn't you? Yeah, I do. I agree with both of these so far. And I think I was going to say, actually, Minji, until Stacey stole, stole my thunder. So I'm going to continue my um, thoughts that Tiger won't win his 15th major championship oh. this year. Oh, but crazy. My Just one, leave it. My one is... Uh, that this is, I want this in the time capsule and it's a little bit obscure, but I think that Bryson DeChambeau, the aforementioned with the pin in the in the hole, is going to get himself embroiled in some big controversy oh. with another player on tour. I think something around Bryson DeChambeau will blow up this year. And as nice as he is as a gentleman, I think it'll get to the point where someone has a to-do with him. That will be a huge headline in 2019. Some sort of rules fracas. Rules fracas, Bryson DeChambeau, uh, more etiquette-based thing, to be honest. But we'll 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 see how that un- unfolds. That could be complete gibberish for me, and I'll be an idiot in December. But for the time being, that's what I'm going to roll with. I didn't want to go splintery like you two. <laughs> Stace? What do you think is something that you would like to see happen in 2019 that's not a little bit less certain? Sure. Um, that Robin Choi will, I don't know, do you say, like, find her feet on the LPGA? You know, she does have full card right now, and maybe we'll touch on that uh, a bit later. But, uh, you know, she, her number is quite high, so she's a bit unsure on what events she'll get into, how many, you know, might be very limited. So that okay. is my... Hope and dream. I like it for the young <laughs> young Queenslander. Blakey, yep. what about you? Well, this was a struggle for me, so I've come around to this. The President's Cup's at Royal Melbourne later this year, and that's going to be really fantastic. Um, you know, having seen the last one there in 2011, you were there as well, Hazy. I'm sure you were there, Stace. It was, yep. It's a fabulous event. So it's coming, and 
Uh, I'm just a bit worried about the American sort of uh, bonhomie. Um, Ooh, more French. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, with, after what happened with Patrick Reed mm. um, at the Ryder Cup last year. and that, So I think what's unlikely, and I'd like to see just because I'm, you know, I think it would be funny, would be the American team <laughs> gather around and have three cheers for Patrick Reed. <laughs> I think it's very un- unlikely, but I'd like to see that. I like it, Blakey. Yeah, a little bit left field there. That is very left field. I Get love out that. Of the that, box. that. That is, honestly, that is our, the, the international team is batting one of 12 in, 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 in President's yep. Cup. They did. Thai one in South Africa a few years ago, but for them to win, it's going to be very hard. The depth of the American team is incredible. So the only <laughs> this might be their only hope is if the American team sort of fall apart like they, they appeared to do, you know, last year at the Ryder Cup. All right. Well, my like to see is also to do with the Presidents Cup. Um, I'm going to go one step further than you, though, Blakey. I want to see. Having not been selected earlier in the year or when whips were cracking, something is going to befall one of the members of the international team and Lucas Herbert's going to answer the SOS from Ernie Els and he's going to play Tiger Woods, the playing captain for the United States in the singles on the Sunday and bring home the winning point. If that happens, or even if he's selected in the team and doesn't have to rely on an SOS from Ernie Els, I think that would make my golfing decade to be, be honest, that would be awesome. So that's mine. I'm not. I'm gonna. I can't wait to hear Andy Mars when he does this, and I'm gonna uh, pin everyone's hopes to the wall here. Yeah? And I'm and their, I guess their ranking as a, an aficionado of golf stay. So you're on. You're on board with that. Absolutely. You, you've done reasonably well after a bit of a wobbly start. <laughs> now look, let's get to our first um, our, and primary guest here today. We, as I said earlier, we're going to start the road to the Women's Australian Open. We'll talk a bit more about the summer of golf still ahead of us little later on, but we are only, we're less than a month away now, well and truly less than a month away from the Women's Australian Open, the ISPS Hander Women's Australian Open at the Grange Golf Course in Adelaide. Now, Stace, um, you, you, you could excuse Stacey Peters for choosing any number of uh, players through her developmental years as her role model. But Blakey, she went across to take an Australian team to the Annika Invitational in uh, New Zealand at Royal Wellington in, in December. And I didn't realise until this she went across, and we were discussing this very episode for Inside the Ropes, that Stacey Peters has Annika Sorenstam pictures on her wall and she's an absolute Still? fangirl. No, I don't think Daz lets that anymore, but uh, for a long time I did. I had everything. So I think uh, full plaudits here to Stacey Peters for not only getting this interview, but keeping it together (laughs) during a chat with the former world number one, uh, renowned for a 59. She's played on the men's tour. She's done just about everything in the world of golf and continues to dazzle um, both commercially and in a playing sense when she does swing the clubs. Very rare opportunities these days. But Annika Sorenstam had the chance to become the first person on our Road to the Women's Australian Open with Stacey Peters. And straight after the break, we'll get the chance to hear that interview. Hi, I'm Minji Lee, and I'm proud to be an ambassador for MyGolf, Australian Golf's national junior program. One of my favourite things about coming back to Australia is seeing all the kids getting into golf. MyGolf is every Aussie kid's first step on their golfing pathway. It's all about fun and friendship, learning golf and life skills in a safe and healthy environment. So, if your child is between 5 and 12 years old, be sure to find a program near you at mygolf.org.au. 
We're thrilled to have legendary 10-time major champion Annika Sorenstas joining us on Inside the Ropes here for our Road to the Open. Um, thank you very much for joining us, Annika. Um, what can you recall from the 94 Australian Open? It was, if I'm correct, your first win. Am I right in saying yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, so far so right. So, yeah, I mean, so. we can probably, Aussies can probably take some credit, do you think, for really getting Absolutely. you, getting you yes, kick-started, yeah. would you well, say? thank you for <laughs> giving me that platform. That's all I needed. Um, yeah, I guess I'm trying to talk about the importance of that event, not only just to you in your career, but you know, getting women's golf in Australia mm -hmm. going. What What do you think the importance is? Well, first of all, I mean, I think it's great that you have your own open. I think it encourages people in your home country to just, I mean, have something to look forward to. You know, something to, uh, you know, strive to. First of all, be part of, and then when you're part of it, play well, and because you have some of the, you know, bigger names playing in it. But I think it's really important to feel like you have something at home that has a meaning. I mean, history is really important. The courses that you play are important and, and kind of see, kind of follow the path of some of the, you know, players that maybe you looked up to. So, um, you know, not every country has an open like that. A lot of countries take it, you know, take it for granted that they should have, but they don't. So, yeah, I mean, it's nice that you can invite other players from other countries and kind of get a nice blend of talent and, um, so yeah, I think it's fantastic and I know many of the, the young Aussies probably look forward to playing it and, and you know, they feel like if they do well there that that's kind of the beginning of a, of, of a great career. Yeah, it's been a real kickstart of an event mm -hmm. for a lot of our girls that have had maybe limited status on LPGA and that's really, you know, got them going and mm -hmm. what about some memories of uh, Australia for you? Do you have... Uh, I have a lot of wonderful memories, yeah. yeah. I mean, I... What, I mean, uh, yeah, tell us about um, that. I mean, I, that's kind of where I started because obviously that time of year when when you have summer we have winter so it was a great place to kind of go and keep swinging the club all year round and uh, I mean it was when I grew up it was you know Australia was a golfing nation you know a lot of players uh, go down there and play and I mean you obviously have some great role models through the years and that played on the European tour which is you know where I kind of saw some of their names and obviously with Greg Norman uh, early on but um, you know, I was friends of the, the Lund sisters and then obviously with, with uh, Kari and I mean Jane Crafter. There's a bunch of, of young um, players at the time that, you know, you kind of look up to and wanted to be part of. So, yeah, no, it's, it's, it has had a big meaning. I mean, the only thing is, you know, in a way it's too far from Sweden. Otherwise, I probably would have been going more often. But, uh, no, I, have, I love the golfing nation. I love, uh, it's such an active country with the surfers, I mean, going to the Gold Coast and all the places we've been to, it was it was a treat. It was like, wow, I'm a professional golfer and I'm traveling around in Australia. It doesn't get much better than that. So, <laughs> Did you try any surfing while so, you were down under? No, I didn't, but I've, I've been uh, in the water many times. I mean, it's just, it's a fun, it's an easygoing country in many ways. And um, I mean, you should be proud of the, the players that have come out of your country. They've done very, very well on the different tours and represent your country well. And, um, it's you know that when you get an Australian in your group, you know you're going to have a lot of fun. And, um, but also we know that they can play. Yeah, very good. I mean, traveling with this group, and you mentioned mm -hmm. Kari Webb, and um, I'm thinking like you guys had a great rivalry. Obviously, both mm -hmm. when you're probably at the peak of your games. Um, mm -hmm. Any advice you give to our girls? You know, we're here with a group of 13. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of rivalries within the group. How did that? work out with you and Kari, any advice from that that you can give these guys? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I traveled with the Swedish national team at, you know, when I was 16 to 18, and I, I look at, back at that time, and it was probably one of the most fun times we've had. I mean, yeah, we were friends, but then also we competed against each other, but I think we learned from each other, we supported each other, and, and you know, some of those players went on to play, and, and some of them didn't, so, 
but you have some great memories and I'm thinking of, you know, just golf in general, the, the people I've met and the paths that I've taken and Kari was was one of my toughest components for a long time, but, you know, she brought out the best out of me. She, you know, I'm, I'm competitive, I know she's too. Um, so we wanted to kind of just, I mean, we challenge each other and I, I think from a really friendly standpoint, I mean, always wanting each other well but then you know if I can just be one shot better it's yeah, okay course, like so it. it was it was a friendly but you know kind of a serious um, ride with there for several years and uh, it was fun I enjoyed it. I mean we're, we're different different personalities but still just very you know care a lot about the golf and also the future of the game so no it, it's been great but I think a device for any player that's on a national team I mean enjoy the moments and you know it is an individual sport and and let me tell you, there will be times in the future where you will be totally on your own. So enjoy the, the team atmosphere, enjoy getting some help with, help with coaches as far as planning trips and everything that you need. I mean, once you turn professional, it, it gets very, very lonely. So uh, those are the times when you want to kind of remember sticking together as a team and, and help each other. I mean, I think the best thing that, that these young girls can do is, is to push each other and help them raise each other. Yeah. Um, you only get better when everybody goes together. So um, enjoy the moment and, and learn from each other, but have some fun. Golf is all about having fun. And if you get too serious too early, I'm afraid you're going to burn out. And, and that's probably not what you want. Yeah. And you mentioned there, you know, Kari helping the game er, around the world, but within mm -hmm. Australia with the Kari Web Series. And, you know, I feel that's what you're doing with these sort of events. Mm -hmm. and. Um, yeah, you're obviously, that's something you're obviously quite passionate about because I know the series within um, Australia has really helped our girls, you know, they're really striving for that every year mm -hmm. and now I can see our girls, you know, wanting to play these sort of events, they, you know, they want to finish that top three to get the invite and mm -hmm. is that something, you know, was that the idea of this sort of... Yeah, I mean, I'm for it the idea is just to get back to the game. I mean, I knew I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for golf. So, you know, I try to put all the components together that, that I thought was important. And obviously competition is one of them. Global is another one. And then you get girls. And so that's kind of how we narrow down to these. We wanted to make sure that we have a, a top event for the young girls. We want them to feel special. We want them, we want to treat them right the way that they deserve to be treated. And we hope to go to courses where they can have, you know, really enjoy the experience of the courses as well. So. Yeah, it's been it's been fun. It's been ten years, and uh, you know the goal is obviously to inspire more girls around the world to play. You know whether it's down here or whether it's in Argentina or yeah. or in China, wherever we go, we just I just want to try to get a club in a lot of young girls' hands. And if they do already have a club in their hands, you want to inspire them to continue to play. So it's been my way to say thank you, but I also feel like it's an honor to be able to represent the game in these places and and talk about the experience and, and get these girls dreaming. I mean, because I feel like I'm living my dream, so why not be able to share it with others? Yeah, awesome, great. And lucky last question, um, what would the young, what would you tell the younger Annika? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I would continue to just say, trying to enjoy it and have fun. Sometimes, you know, when we get so result-oriented, you know, you get very focused and you kind of forget about the journey going there. Uh, maybe when you get older, you have kids of your own, you realize that maybe there's some things that are a little more important. Um, I got an advice from Amy Alcott a long time ago. She told me, she was, I hope you're smelling the roses along the way. And I wasn't, I wasn't. I was just so focused on the next shot, the next tournament, and the next, you know, the next, next city. Yeah, <laughs> which is not a bad thing, but you also forget that, you know, you got to enjoy it while you do it because yeah. uh, sometimes it can happen once and sometimes it can happen a few more times but don't take anything for granted, try to enjoy it.
Um, so last night really, you know, with the team that we have over here, we kind of went around the table and asked a few que questions, what they would love to, you know, if they got the chance. So I thought, you know, if I could grab you for a couple of minutes to run through some of the top questions and sure. maybe we want to use this to help some of the up and coming girls in Australia. Um, some advice that you would have, it's probably a question you get a lot, some advice you'd have for these girls, you know, aspiring to be professional. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, I mean, first of all, I mean, I just tell them, first of all, you need to have fun. You need to love what you do. You have to have a passion for what you do. And, you know, golf can be, can be very stressful, you know, especially at this age. A lot of these young girls have a lot of pressure, um, whether it's from school, from friends, from family. And then also do not stress. I mean, it's a long journey. I mean, a lot of these girls are 14, 15, 16. I tell them, you're just literally teeing off. I mean, you have so many years ahead, and I feel like a lot of them are stressing for one shot, for one tournament, for one one month and it's just you know there's just a lot of emotions going through for these young girls so take your time have fun you know obviously it's important to learn how to set goals it's important to have you know some planning and, and a purpose with what you do but don't feel like everything has to be done today and has to be done perfectly um some other thing they were talking about was a lot about nutrition and i know how mm -hmm. passionate you are about your your food and any advice you could give them you know how to maintain that while on the road I think they've struggled a lot, even just coming here this week. That's like, oh, we can't get our normal food. You know, I know it's hard. It's, yeah. it's hard to travel. It's uh, you know, because you don't know what you're really getting in different countries. Maybe and just well, travel to airports. You're eating at funny times. You know, for me. I mean, I'm, I'm a big believer in consistency, you know, eating, well, smaller meals a few times a day, but having the consistency is really important when you travel, when you sit on a plane for 10 hours, it's like, okay, now you're totally interrupting my whole, you know, my meal schedule, but you also have to learn to adjust, you know, life is not going to be smooth all the time, there's going to be bumps into the road, so I think you just have to have things in, you know, common sense, you know, I don't, I'm not a big believer in extremes, you know, you just, sometimes you got to eat a little bit what the what the body tells you to eat and just kind of trust yourself but yeah it's difficult but obviously a lot of fluids is really important and yeah, you know I stay away a lot from sugar I think sugar is really the silent killer if anything a lot of people focus so much on fat and calories I'm not so much about that I think it's more the sugar that we stay away from whether it's you know even you feel like eating a yogurt that's really you know tasty but it's got fruits got a lot of you know sugar in it so you know, just stay away from that and just things in moderation. Lots of vegetables, a lot of proteins, and I think you'll be fine. I mean, a lot of these young girls are still growing, so they, their metabolism is high. And but just uh, just pay attention from you know from a consistency standpoint. Just some sensible choices. Yeah. And, while on the road. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, what about your your favorite golfing memory? I, it, I'm sure it's hard to narrow this no, one that down. Is hard. Is there, is there anything yeah. to you that really sticks out? You know, I mean, I think. I mean, obviously, winning the first golf tournament as a professional golfer and when, when I was playing in, in the U.S. was the U.S. Open in 1995. It kick-started my career for sure. I mean, you join the tour, but you never really know if you're going to, you know, how your career will turn out to be. So, yeah, that was at Colorado Springs in 1995. And, you know, I, come, I literally came from way under the radar and somehow managed to stay stay on the leaderboard and, and finish at the top so I would say that that's one that kind of comes to mind uh, just from a success standpoint but you know just golf in general I mean it's just been tremendous uh, thing for me to, the places I've been to the people I've met and I'm not kidding I mean you put that all together and you're like wow it's a great game. Awesome. Um, what about your practice schedule like how much does that differ from you know a home an off week to an on week like how much are you doing at the event to prepare 
um, compared to a week off at home for you? Yeah, no, I like to divide it into three parts. You know, I gotta rest is important. A lot of people yeah. don't feel like rest is, is part of it, but I, rest is a big deal. Yeah. Then I have a practice session and then I have a tournament season. The tournament season is obviously the longest because now, nowadays you can find tournaments all around the world. But um, So during the tournament season, it was more just to maintain what I had. Um, I stick to my warm-up routines and so forth, but during my practice season, which will just be, I mean, maybe six, seven weeks uh, a year before the season starts and maybe a little bit afterwards, that's really when I focus on my technique, you know, really, if I need to make changes or anything, that's when I do that, and then it's not about results, it's about the physical emotion of it. Yeah. Uh, and then once, hopefully I figured that out, then it's tournament season, and then it's just maintaining what I have and um, you know be able to play I mean we all know there's a difference of practicing golf and playing golf I think a lot of people get that confused you know because when they practice they're so concerned about results and finishes and then when they go play now they practice practice on their swing practice on this and this and, and it's hard to score when you have so many thoughts in your mind so yeah I, I that's how I kind of divide it up and obviously when it's rest it's rest and I mean you, you got to rest your body it's just I tell these young girls like your cell phone you run it, you know, when you have zero battery and they get upset they can't use it, well, you gotta charge it, you know, you just, that's the same thing with the body. The body runs out of energy, you gotta charge it and it only functions when you're back to 100%. So, uh, it's really important to kind of have those, you know, different moments in your, in, you know, in your season, I think, and that's kind of what I did and it worked for me. Yeah. <laughs> did rest for Annika back in the day, did that mean like kicking back on the couch or? Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean maybe not so much TV watching and hanging and reading books, but uh, you know, I think it's important to have a hobby, whatever, yeah. you know, I like to ski, um, you know, I like to cook, I like to be home with friends, so I spend a lot of time doing that, but you know, I would work out, but literally I would put the clubs away in the closet and I wouldn't touch them for five or six weeks. And because I think you need to, not just, I mean, when you're young, you're physically strong and it's easy to recover, but, you know, the mental aspect is really what got me the most. It's just constantly, constantly to be on, constantly to be focusing and, and trying to do better. And, and uh, it was just, you know, it just wears you out. And if you can never recharge, it's just very hard to get back. You might get back for a little bit, but this, the, you know, the duration of that concentration, you know, gets longer and longer. And if you don't take enough break, it just gets shorter and shorter. Yeah, sure. Um, a lot of our girls, you know, are in state teams and national teams and stuff. Mm -hmm. For you, back in that period, was there a huge, like, were you an absolute, were you a standout? Were you, what was the biggest difference, do you no, think? I, you, was it work ethic? Was yeah, it? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I certainly wasn't a standout. I mean, I played lots of different sports growing up. I'm a believer of trying different sports. Yeah, great. I think you, you know, just to be an all-around athlete is going to help you. And I, I was never really in a hurry to do anything. Maybe because I wasn't the standout, so I didn't really know what, what to do or what sport to focus on. But So, you know, late bloomer. But um, I think just, I mean, I've asked, you know, some, well, my coach and some people that kind of work with and other players, and I just, you know, asked them, hey, did you ever think that was going to make it? And and they said, no, you were just average. And I said, well, yeah. thanks a lot. <laughs> so what we'll turned that around you? But I think, you. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm quite determined and quite focused. And, um, you know, I always ask the question, why? And, you know, why this, why not that? And, why, you know, what can I do better? I always try to improve. And, you know, I'm, I'm very driven and very disciplined. So I think if you put that together, um, you know, you can achieve something. Awesome, great life. words of advice. And um, last one, speaking, I know you were quite, uh, quite passionate about the fitness side of things. Mm -hmm. How did that look for you off season and during the season? Yeah, I mean, early on in my career, I, I was just, I mean, I, I liked sports, so I would go just play sports, and then I would, 
get a more specific for you know a little bit more for golf but also have more of a like a practice schedule I mean I was just kind of randomly going to the gym then when I started in 2000 I wanted to be a little bit more specific train like like other athletes would do yeah. so um, so I would I, I think the biggest thing here is that you need to maintain it through the 12 months yeah. you know there are times and like for example when I'm when I have my few weeks off when I'm totally resting uh, I push more in the gym yeah. um, I lift quite a bit of heavy weights you know just you want some strength especially women I feel like we need upper strength more to obviously for muscle control for speed and get some power and you know uh, when you play but um, and then when the season comes it's easier to get so focused on golf that we kind of forget about our workouts we do a little here we'll do it do it there and then you get on the road it's like it's hard to find a gym or I'm tired of this yeah. I think it's really important to maintain it so what I would do is I do a minimum of three days a week on the road okay. and then when I get home I try to do five days a week and then when I'm totally resting you know, I'm in there and I'm, I'm trying to push myself. I think that's the key again, consistency, keep on doing it. I know a lot of players work out very hard. It's a New Year's resolution, I'm going to do this and this. And they go hard for four weeks and then they get on the road and it's like, oh, that I'm afraid, you know, that I'm, I don't know, I'm bulky or I'm too tight swinging in club. And I think, yeah, if you only do it here and there, I mean, we all get sore yeah. and then it's hard to, but if you maintain that, I think it's really important and I think that's, Especially for the, the young girls here, you see them. I mean, they have so much potential as far as building strength, yep. uh, doing the right things. And, and I'm not a believer of just specific golf exercises. I mean, you know, once they leave the leave the sport, then you know, there are other things in life. So I think you need to do a lot of general general fitness, but certainly build some strength in the upper bodies for the for their backs for you know, not to get injuries for the rest of their lives. I mean, that's the last thing you want to do is leave the game at the age of 30 and you have back problems or whatever, wrist problems, you got to take care of yourself, otherwise it's hard to play. Yeah, awesome. Hey, some great words of advice there. Thank you very yeah, much for welcome. that and thank you for having us here this week. Absolutely. It's been, it's been awesome. Coming. The Golf Australia team has loved it. So. Cool. Thank, thank you. you. Stacey, that's absolutely tremendous. I know that, um, you know, th- this world is new to you and you did have your fangirl hat on, but oh, that you to be commended on that. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of topics discussed there and to have the chance to sit down with, with one of the all-time greats of golf generally is uh, credit to you. Yeah, it was an absolute uh, honour and a uh, privilege to, well, it was a privilege to be in the same room as her, let alone, you know, working up the courage to ask her, could I grab her for, I might have said two minutes of her time <laughs> and that just went on and on and on. But uh, she, she was awesome. She was, uh, yeah, she was great and I think we got some great info there. And, and answering questions from the girls, just phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, so, it was great. The girls girls loved that sort of info too. And of those girls, we need to make mention of the fact that Grace Kim was the uh, the big winner of the Annika Invitational. Is going to take up the chance to play in, the I guess, the grand final of the Annika Invitational series. Uh, hopefully, she gets the chance to do that at some point. Um, but that's just a, an, an another feather in her cap. And that's a really good tournament for the girls to focus on at the, start, at the end of each year as we roll forward. Um it's part of a, um, as I said, that's part of the ISPS Handout Women's Australian Open Road to the Open uh, segments that we're going to roll out. As I promised Kari Webb uh, for our second instalment of that next week. Big promises, Hazy. I'm, I'm full of big promises. And yeah. we've got still some big promises to come from you later in the show about some more breaking news. But it's part of a really busy time uh, on the golfing calendar. We have not only the Women's Australian Open and the week before that, the ISPS Handout Vic Open at 13th Beach in Victoria. We also just came out the back of the Australian Amateur Championships at Spring Valley and the Woodlands Golf Clubs, Blakey, and we were down there, as the three of us were down there, 
throughout, or some of us were there throughout the week. Some of us just sort of flitted in for the glory <laughs> of a Sunday. Uh, but we saw some just absolutely extraordinary golf. And I'll, I'll just, before we talk about that um, at any length, just recap the winners. Um, uh, Yayun Hong, uh, we're going to call her Amy. That's the she Amy. calls herself Amy. Yeah, we'll go. Yeah, with let's go Amy with Amy. Hong. I'm let's comfortable go. with that. <laughs> yeah, from Korea, sixteen, her, only 16. sixteen. Her first international event, um, phenomenal. She barely trailed in any match all week. It was a phenomenal achievement. Uh, and on the men's side, one of the more extraordinary finals in the history of the tournament. The first Irish winner in 125 years of the event. Uh, we saw Connor Purcell uh, from Dublin salute in 37 holes. An epic against Nathan Barbieri. Um, Amazing match. (laughs) I watched a lot of Barbieri during the week. He was awesome, but that match was next level in terms of tension at the end. Uh, Extraordinary. What did you guys make of both the finals? Either one, happily talk about either of them. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was, I think, great finals by both to be so close, even just through 18 holes. You know, it's anyone's game when you're having lunch. Sometimes it can be, it can be over through that. Um, yeah, and just the finish to the women's event, you know, big chip in from over the back of the green on, was it 16th? 16th. I mean, yeah. you think she's down and out and you think, you know, oh, she's going to get one back here. And then next thing, oh, match over. Yeah. So she <laughs> she went three up at the 15th or the, you know, the 33rd hole. So they go down 34, she hits it over the back of the green. There's a big bank there and the pin's cut on the back. So classic sort of short side situation, just had no room. And she, her father, who's an ex-pro player, I discovered later, uh, convinced her to try and hit one of those chips where you hit it hard but into the bank so it stuns the ball and it just pops up and runs onto the green. So Amy Hong hit the absolutely perfect, perfect chip and it went straight in the hole. And she said afterwards that she would have been happy with bogey from there because she was three up anyway and she just thought she was dead, you know. Mm. Uh, it was an unbelievable shot. Uh, the the Japanese girl who she beat, Tusab, Tusabasa uh, Kajitani, uh, is only fifteen. <laughs> She's got an amazing swing, stays uh, so so rhythmic that swing, and she can hit it far yeah. for a fifteen-year-old girl. Uh, she's very impressive as well. But uh, Amy Hong, well done. And the men's Hazy, you you watched a lot of them in thirty uh, seventh hole. Uh, I was. Out there most of the day, like on the on the sixteenth hole or the thirty fourth hole, uh, Nathan Barbieri hit a, cl- a a beautiful iron shot on the par three at Woodlands, close to the flag, knocked the putt in to get back to one down. And the, his father Ernie was was beside the green. He let out a great big roar. Nathan did the fist pump. I mean, it was a, it was fabulous stuff, wasn't it? It really was, uh, and heartbreaking for the for you know shout out to. To Nathan for the way that he played because he, he to be fair he didn't come in with high you know he's he's an unheralded player compared to say a David Michalusi who yep. who got knocked out in the first round is number eight in the world sort of thing you know he he hasn't won any big national amateur events so for him to get into the final like that and then to play so well uh, there's so many things to talk about here Amy and uh, Connor the winners uh, gets exemptions into not only the Australian Opens as we've mentioned previously but also into the Vic Opens which is fantastic um, there's so many other names to catch Steph Bunky did really well Stace to yeah, be the abs- last Australian woman alive but some good performances from the Queensland youngsters um, Izzy Taylor yeah and also Cassie Porter in particular yeah absolutely and I think uh, Sarah Wilson the match against uh, that she played against Steph Bunky early on in the Match play draw was awesome match. There was there was some great, really good matches from the girls there. On the men's side, um, 
like you mentioned, Dave Michaluzzi, who played two of the more <laughs> extraordinary rounds you'll ever see in back-to-back terms, uh, an eight under par 63 at Spring Valley, which is the amateur club record now, and backed it up the next day, Blakey, with an eight under 64, which is a joint course record at Woodlands. So back this, to back, he's at six... this point, you're, you're thinking Michaluzzi is going to win this Australian amateur in a canter. Well, I think he pro- except it's match play. It's match play exactly. And and another like let's let's make note of that. That's a seven stroke win to be the medalist of the Australian amateur for the men's uh, unheralded score sixteen under never before even approached. So that was awesome from him. But I also want to mention there Harrison Crow, who remarkably in twenty eighteen a year earlier was oh, the sixty yeah. fourth person in via the playoff um, to get in um, at the previous. Uh, Australian amateur in Lake Carinup. Well, pardon my language. The giant, bugger me, dead. The giant killer. He's done it again. He's the last person in via the playoff, an eleven-man playoff. He becomes number sixty-four again at uh, at Woodlands on the on the Wednesday afternoon. Draws Dave Michaluzzi, and far from being overwhelmed and outgunned, the young, this guy's only young. He's seventeen from from New South Wales. Phenomenal young talent. Big guy too. He's going to be a really big unit when he finishes growing. Takes down Dave Michaluzzi. I mean, that was extraordinary in itself. Well, it I, opened up the, the the whole event, didn't it? It really did. And I had the great privilege. I I had the great privilege of almost by chance meeting Harry Bolton from Royal Canberra, who's a um, a student at Newbury College in South Carolina. Um, had never heard of him before. I apologise for that, but I, I watched him play at Spring Valley uh, during the during the uh, stroke play phase, and then I went across and watched him play. Nathan Barbieri, as it turned out, in the second round of the match play. And the, the match went 20 holes, and it was of the highest quality. You, you would pay big money to go and watch it. Harry Bolton, another name for the black book uh, that Murray and I talk about so much, didn't make it through the second round, but is now on the Golf Australia radar, which I think is phenomenal. Yeah, um, he's, really a, he's a senior at Newbury, and mm. I, hopefully, Stacey, he takes up the opportunity, I think, that was reached, uh, extended to him. He might end up coming to the national camp, maybe. Yeah, that would be great. He was able to have a good chat with Brad James, and yeah, so hopefully that will happen. Phenomenal. So, so uh, Nathan Barberi, I don't know whether you saw the 37th hole, but he went for the flag, which was cut hard left yeah. on the first at Woodlands, and ended up short, or well, he went long and up onto a, ba- a bank behind the... Green, but it was a very aggressive shot. I, I wonder whether he, he would like that again because the wind was coming from the right and Connor Purcell just hit it to the heart of the green, which was the smart sort of play. I know it's match play, but it was a mistake at, at the end of a very long day. And Hazy, you and I both talked to Nathan afterwards and it's one of the harder interviews mm-hmm. I've had to do because the guy was very upset yeah, to the point of tears. Yeah, and. You know, not surprisingly, I mean, it's been such a long day for him. He was so close. He yeah. was so close. He fought, fought so hard, you know, been he, that he far was, down. He and... was four down uh, through not, uh, eight holes on the in the second 18. So, you know, almost five down. So he's, he's come from nowhere. So, you know, but, you know, shout out to him. He was on a plane that night and played played in the New South Wales Am. And he was, was he the leading after the, the first day, I think. Like, he, he, or was he, shot... the, he was up there. Yeah, he definitely was, he was the, next, the next morning, yeah. Uh and he played, as I said, twenty holes against uh, Harry Bolton. He also was caught up in the storm delay in the in the following round and didn't finish his uh, Friday matches until nearly eight o'clock at night. I mean, he did it the really hard way. Was behind in his semi final, came through and won on the eighteenth. Was behind as you, he was staring, as you said, Blakey, down the barrel of being five down with nine to play in the final. Fought his way back. I've full 
full sort of, uh, I'm, I'm enamored by the way he fought, put it that way. It, it was extraordinary golf. And I think, you know, another couple of really good names to look out for, both from Sydney. So um, Harrison Crow and also Nathan Barbieri. We saw some good golf from Blake Windred, um, some some other you know, really impressive achievements that didn't go the distance. I really like the fact that the German guys were prominent throughout. The English guys had a good representation in the quarterfinals and in the women's side, the Japanese team. So it's really good to see the national teams coming out and taking this event, uh, treating it with the respect that I think it deserves. So. Yeah, it was awesome to have the – yeah. Japanese, Germany, Ireland, England. I mean, mm. I'm sure I'm missing a few there, but I mean, well, Korea. Few, I mean, it's, yeah. A few other nations Great around, teams you know, Canada, Singapore, but singles, but the national but the teams, teams that came out, yeah. Yeah, really impressive to see. And it shows what our, our event means as well. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. And I think, you know, we we talk about building our tournaments up. I'd love to see that Australian amateur become something um, more prominent alongside the, you know, the amateur championship in Britain and the US amateur um, it's never going to have those, um, I guess, the tradition and history and the power. But I think well, it's, it's got a good history. You know, it's a, what 120 years old. Yeah, yeah. eighteen ninety four. It started. Mm. It's quite. It's it's quite remarkable. It wasn't played every year with war and everything, but it is. I know, think at, at, at the presentation they had Bob Shearer there, who'd won the won the Australian Amateur fifty years. It was fifty years mm. since yeah. Bob won his, so he was. Uh, watching, he was out in a cart watching, and then in the presentation. And Mike Clayton was there, who won at least once. Seventy eight. Yeah, uh, there was maybe one or two other former Australian amateur winners on yeah. the men's side. Yep. Yeah. And and I that history is to be commended. Maybe Sandra McCall was there, was she? Yeah, she was yeah, four a, time. Yeah, four time Australian yeah. amateur champion. Dale Marshall. Dale Marshall. Mm. And, a ha- and a handful of others. It was great. That was a good thing. Really good. And um, I, you know, it it's it's got a lot about it that tournament. I think so. And. Uh, I think that you know, with the right treatment, that could become something special for us on the on the global internet on the global amateur calendar. So, with that in mind, Stacey's getting a bit. She's pushing back towards the fence. She's coming off the long run. She's got some more information for us, uh, hot off the presses. Two more exclusives coming up, Stace, on the other side of this break. Hi, I'm Minji Lee, and I'm proud to be an ambassador for MyGolf, Australian Golf's National Junior Program. One of my favourite things about coming back to Australia is seeing all the kids getting into golf. MyGolf is every Aussie kid's first step on their golfing pathway. It's all about fun and friendship, learning golf and life skills in a safe and healthy environment. So, if your child is between 5 and 12 years old, be sure to find a program near you at mygolf.org.au. Welcome back to Inside the Ropes. Uh, um, this is turning into the Stacey Peters. Uh, like It's a command performance from Stacey Peters early in the year. I'm going to instigate a little trophy later on. I might talk about it in the last segment. But uh, for right now, Stacey's the winner or the leader. And she's bringing us today, Blakey, some real, some breaking news, which is why she's going to be at the top of the pops after this, after this episode is run and done. Excellent. So, Stace, you are packing some really exciting news and another great interview here as well. Uh, tell us, firstly, about the Queen Siricat Cup. Yes, obviously, big announcement uh, this week. And today, um, yeah, we're going to announce it on Inside the Ropes today. Exclusively. Exclusive news, breaking news, as Hazy said, um, <laughs> that the Queen Siricat Cup uh, to be played first week in March in Adelaide at Glenelg Golf Club. Um, and am, am I able to announce it right now, Hazy? Go for your life. Yeah. So our three players for Australia will be Doi Choi, Steph Kuriaku, and Julianne Sue. They are our three. Which is awesome. And 
also yourself as manager, but uh, another important part of the team over there as coach. Yes, uh, Sarah King is going to come along with the team. Um, she's a teaching pro now at uh, Glenelg, uh, where we'll be playing the event, and yeah, a top player in her own right. Um, yeah, so it's going to be it's going to be a really exciting week. We've got uh, yeah, great team, great coach. Yeah, it's it's going to be great. High hopes. I would say so without yeah. uh, without putting any extra pressure on. But of yeah, of course. Stace, talk the talk the listeners through the Queen Circuit Cup exactly what what that is. And, yes, yeah. um, so it's fifty four hole stroke play mm. event with which nations though. Um, Asia Pacific region. Yeah. 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 Um, so, and especially for women's golf, you know, that is, you know, it's some of the top players in the world will be playing that week. It's, it's really strong competition. Um, and then, uh, so we have two scores out of the three that count each day to the, um, to the team total. Yeah. So, yeah. so now one of those three names you mentioned here has had almost by chance in terms of timing for Inside the Ropes today, but she's got another huge piece of news, which... I don't know if we should get her to break it, Stace, or whether whether you should break it. What do you think? Let's let's firstly all introduce from Victoria, but we're speaking to her all the way in Oklahoma, I believe. Is that right? Julianne Sue, welcome along to Inside the Ropes. Hi, thanks for having me. So firstly, let's talk about the Queen's Syria Cup just briefly. You must be chuffed to hear your name read out there as part of that Australian team. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I've always wanted to play the Queen's Circuit Cup and... Now I've finally got that opportunity, so I'm really excited to play in South Australia, especially on home turf. It should be really exciting. Awesome, Jules. I'm looking forward to uh, going away with you. But um, obviously it's been a huge week for you, obviously getting the call for about the Queen Serie Cup, but probably I would even say uh, equally exciting news came through this morning about the Augusta National Women's Amateur and there is rumours going around, correct me if I'm wrong, Jules, but you have uh, made this exclusive uh, event. I have, yes. The uh, official list got announced this morning and um, I was lucky enough to get on that list. Um, but, yeah, I was seriously excited when I got the call. I, I couldn't believe it. Um, just such an amazing opportunity, you know, and I'm really excited to get out there in April. Great. And how does uh, do you want to give us a rundown, Jules, on how that event is going to roll out? Yeah, so it's going to be on the 3rd of April to the 6th of April. And there's actually going to be three rounds. Two of them are going to be at a different course uh, nearby Augusta. And there's going to be a cut after the second round. And whoever makes that cut on the after the second round... I guess so that's the, for the last round. So really exciting. I think the top 72 in the world get in. So I think I just snuck in, which is really exciting, yeah. Have you, uh, you've played a lot of tournaments with cuts, Jules, but would there, would there ever have been more pressure or a greater prize in your life as making the cut to go onto the 54th hole? Oh, 100%, yeah, I'm... I'm already practicing now, just uh, <laughs> making sure all these types. So uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be really really cool if I get to go to and actually play Augusta. But just the fact that I you know get to play the tournament is honestly awesome. Let, let's put this in perspective too. We we haven't mentioned this is the first ever women's tournament at Augusta National, one of the most famous golf clubs and golf courses on the planet. Julian, have you followed the Masters tournament? Are you a, I presume you're a watcher of the Masters. You've watched it over the years on television and 
seen the beauty and sort of majesty of Augusta, if you like? Yeah, 100%. I mean, I'm sure every kid, when they were younger, has always dreamed of going to the Masters. Even, I mean, me, I would always wake up at these god-early hours just to watch the live coverage uh, in Australia. But I've always wanted to see the Masters. I've always wanted to see Augusta, um, see what it's really like, even to walk the road. So to even get the chance to play is just, it's an honour, really. And if you want any uh, tips, there's two of us in this room today who have actually played Augusta because <laughs> Hazy and I have both played. So, you know, even though we're choppers, uh, we might be able to help you out. Now, uh, talk us through your golf at the moment. You've been over at Oklahoma uh, University, so you're going through the college system. I think you might have one more year left, something like that. Um, how's it been going? Right. So I have, you do four years in college and I'm currently finishing up my last semester. So. I'll graduate in May, but it's been an amazing experience, honestly. It's been it's been different for sure. Um, there's just a completely different environment, like there's a whole new structure you gotta get used to. But I've really enjoyed my time here and I've met a lot of great people. Awesome, Jules, and then uh, obviously you went to LPGA school uh, Q school late last year and did obtain uh, some Symmetra status. And with the new changes uh, that LPGA made this year, that you can actually keep your amateur status until the end of college if you're going to finish in uh, in May and then turn professional. And I know this is kind of in the back of your mind. Um, is that still your your thinking, your your plans, your goals? Right. Um, yeah, that's the plan at the moment. Um, trying to plan some things out. Uh, kind of a whole new experience for me. So I'm asking people here and there for advice kind of asking, you know, what's the best plan of attack? Because I even have come to you a little bit and said kind of, you know, help me out. You've, you've done all this before. What, what should I do? What should I be, you know, looking out for? But yeah, I'm really absolutely. excited to, yeah, graduate in May and see, what, see where the golf takes me. So, Jules, did you have to twist your um, – I wouldn't imagine you'd have to twist too far for the Augusta event, but do you have to twist your coaches – uh, um, at Oklahoma there to make sure that you get back to Adelaide for the Queen Syracuse Cup because, uh, you know, we we're, we countlessly get amateur stories where, for example, the Australian Master of the Amateurs, which you played, um, the, the college kids are ripped back by their coaches so they don't miss any tournaments early in the season. Did you have to do anything special to get a, a, a legitimate shot at the Queen Syracuse? Uh, not really. My coaches, uh, I got really, really lucky with my coach because uh, both of them actually, they're really, really nice, uh, extremely supportive of all these events that uh, Golf Australia has invited me to. So it's really nice to have that kind of support here and not kind of feel guilty in a way to <laughs> be going to all these really cool tournaments around the world. I think last year, last year around this time, uh, I also went to the Asia Pacific, so my coach had no problem with me doing that. Do you have plans to do that again this year if you get a chance? I would love to. I have to run it by her, so I guess this is kind of a... I'm kind of putting out the question there right now. I guess <laughs> I should text her pretty soon after talking to you guys. <laughs> come on, um, V, come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if I... Uh, if I get chosen or if I, I would definitely be available for those 
those dates and I'd be super excited. I think it's in Japan this year, which is one of my favourite countries. Correct, it is. So keep working at her, okay, Jules? <sighs> yeah, I'll keep a look at it. <laughs> While we're talking about that tournament, Stace, there's big news earlier in the week that um, the Women's Amateur Asia-Pacific, I've got to get that right, it's a terribly phrased title, but let's go, Women's Amateur Asia-Pacific Championship, the second instalment of which is coming up now. Uh, Entry for the winner all the way to the Evian Championship um, as the second major as well as the British Open. Uh, It's an extraordinary Another extraordinary prize on offer for the for the women's amateur field. Yeah, absolutely amazing. You know, another carrot for the girls to be, you know, aiming towards working towards, and and they will also get a start in this Augusta event the following. Uh, oh yeah. The following year. Uh, so I mean, it's yeah, it's huge. It's really amped up that Asia amateur pursuit, whatever it is. <laughs> WAP. You want to call it WAP? The WAP. Um, WAP. Um, yeah, I think it's yeah, it's awesome, and it's just showing how much they're they're backing the girls in the Asia Pacific, and you know that event, and really promotes a pathway. And Jules, before we let you go, um, you're part of an era, I think, that is really. I mean, there's been some great collegiate golfers come from Australia over into the states. You know, Catherine Hull at the time, and Lindsay Wright did some great things at Pepperdine. But you, you guys over there now in your different colleges, um, Stace might have to correct me if I'm if I get a bit wrong here, but. Um, Robin Choi's done some good things, Stace. Um, we'd yeah. see Kirsty Hodgkinson in uh, Colorado, Colorado, yep. um, and Robin, yeah, Robin Choi from same same university, yeah. Uh, here in Navid, yeah. further up on the Pacific Northwest, and of course, um, Gabby Ruffles, Gabby Ruffles in U- in USC, yep. and yourself, of course, Julian. It must be good to be putting the collegiate golf on the Australian map a little bit. What was that, sorry? The last Must be good for you to be part of a group of women that are putting collegiate golf on the map for Australian young Australian women who are considering that as an option. Oh uh, yeah, a hundred percent. I think that uh, I think that college, uh, the idea of college to Australians was really foreign for a long time, and I think a couple people uh, a couple years earlier before I went went and you know they came out great and the done some really good things, improved their game, kind of just like learned how to figure out the game itself. So I, I'm sure I, I definitely followed some of those Australians' footsteps and I can see that many other people are doing it now. And it's just really exciting to see that like, even though we're so far away, we can still have these great opportunities and great chances to go travel and experience some things for ourselves, you know what I mean? Absolutely know what you mean, and, and yes, you are a long way away. But you, I'm really glad that you realise that we do pay attention and keep an eye on it because it's uh, you know you are kicking a lot of goals over there. So again, congratulations on a, on a couple of huge pieces of news. I, I'm, I'm, I, I can tell you that Stacey's walking around here. She's about seven foot three and bulletproof with all the news she's brought to the table today, Jules. And that's obviously partly down to you. So thank you very much. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Congrats again, Jules. Hi, I'm Minji Lee, and I'm proud to be an ambassador for MyGolf, Australian Golf's National Junior Program. One of my favourite things about coming back to Australia is seeing all the kids getting into golf. MyGolf is every Aussie kid's first step on their golfing pathway. It's all about fun and friendship, learning golf and life skills in a safe and healthy environment. So, if your child is between 5 and 12 years old, be sure to find a program near you at mygolf.org.au. Welcome back to Inside the Ropes. Um, an incredible guest here. Uh, we love our quirky stories. Uh, 
this one ranks right up there with the very best of them. Last week, Stace, I was sitting down at the Australian Amateur Championship, and I know you were down there and a very keen viewer. There was a late call from a gentleman, Daniel Gill, who was unable to take his part in the tournament, even though he'd qualified and was ready to go and no doubt would have fared very well. Would you believe that he won a worldwide uh, prize on Instagram, an Instagram competition, I believe, to go and play around at Abu Dhabi with Brooks Kepka and Dustin Johnson? So I don't know why Daniel Gill, who joins us in a second here, I don't know why he forewent the Australian amateur for that. I mean, it's an... <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yeah, Dan- unbelievable. It's an unbelievable. incredible story, and we welcome Daniel Gill onto the line to tell us all about it. Welcome, Daniel. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Much appreciated. And we've caught you up at your home club at Wodonga, but uh, I don't know if your feet are back on the ground yet, mate. You have had one of the most extraordinary experiences of any lifetime. It was unbelievable, to be honest. I just couldn't believe it happened. It just happened all so quickly. It's just too good to be true, to be honest. <laughs> so, so walk us through it, mate. You're preparing for the Australian Amateur Championship and then you get notified. Talk, talk us through it, the whole thing. Yeah, so I got I was playing my local comp here on the Saturday and I got an email from IMG Golf and saying I've won this competition and I told Dad, and to be honest, we thought it was a passport scam. And then, <laughs> so we've gone and we looked into it furthermore and the more and more we looked into it, it just seemed more realistic. But there was a slight problem. We didn't actually have our passports. So and this is we went Saturday, down this to Melbourne. Saturday morning before you meant to fly across for a Wednesday pro amp. We yeah, we had a Monday night flight booked at ten thirty. <laughs> and then so the passport office didn't open till Monday. So we left three hour drive down to the passport office. So you're saying you didn't have a passport at all or you didn't bring your passport with you? You're saying you didn't have one? No, we didn't we didn't actually have one at oh. all. So it's a we problem. spent seven hours in the office, absolute, it was just a nightmare, and we ended up getting them, same, same day passport. And Which is, pretty good that's, going. that's an effort that's, in itself, I would that's say. That's good going. Yeah, we couldn't believe our luck, to be honest. Can we, and then uh, ended up on oh, a, keep going, sorry, Daniel. Ended up on it, Eddie had Airways business class flight, Abby Dabby that night. Oh, if you don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so that was, on, that was on Monday night, you are on the flight. Yes, and then we landed there five thirty Tuesday morning, which the program was on a Tuesday. Oh, yeah, started right. Started off, started off at twelve. Peed off at twelve thirty because their tournament starts on the Wednesday over oh, there. Of course, yeah. Because wow. their weekends are Friday, Saturday. Wow. <laughs> so you actually you had less than twenty four hours to make it all happen and get on a plane from when you left Wodonga. Yep. Yep. That's unbelievable. So Would it cost you a we'll bomb to get a quick there. passport? Wouldn't it? Yeah, it still cost us a little bit of dough, but it's all worth it. Yeah. Can we uh, can we backtrack a little bit, Daniel, and talk about uh, the competition and what actually what was yep. the competition? What did you have to do? How did you win this? So, I was just scrolling through Instagram and on Dustin Johnson's page. There was a competition run for to play with him and Brooks at the pro end there, and to be honest, I just laughed at it, thinking, "What are the odds of winning that?" So I just did all the things required, followed them, tagged a mate, and then just. Did it for a bit of a laugh, to be honest, and ended up getting the call from him. That's yeah, unbelievable. What did you have to do? What did you, did you have to write something down? No, I just it was follow their tournament page, comment how many times he's played in the tournament, and tag a oh. mate you'd take. And okay, then wow. they scrolled through all the list and the people that went, and they ended up looking at my Instagram and look at previous results and from the tournament. That's how they selected it. 
So that's what I understand, that they only narrowed it down to, you know, two or three worldwide and then checked that you were actually a legitimately, you know, world-class amateur and uh, made the decision yep. based on that. Yeah, that was it. That it's, is... It's not uh, too good to be true. Yeah. That is. So you rock up to Abu Dhabi in the morning on the Tuesday. What time are you expected out on the tee? Well, it was a 12.30 shotgun. And then, so I get there at 5.30, check into the hotel, walk down for breakfast. And sitting behind me is Henrik Stenson. To my left is Lee Westwood. <laughs> and I'm just sitting there, just so nervous, sitting there eating my breakfast, just thinking these are world-class players here. And then we get a courtesy card down to the course. We get treated like proper players. And then meet the whole team there and ended up getting there on the range, seeing all the big boys there on the range, hitting balls with them. And then headed off to our team for the 12.30 start. And you just shook hands with Brooks and DJ and away you went. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> and who was the fourth <laughs> player in your group just out of interest? Well, we actually played I played with Dustin the first nine holes, then Brooks the next nine holes. Ah. So they had two other corporates there playing with me. Oh, very nice. That was so, members of the club. So How us, did you play, Daniel? Yeah, that's the big question. Yeah, wasn't, I didn't play too bad, to be honest. The first tee shot was a bit nervy, but... It was a Texas scramble, so everyone hits a drive, and then you play the best, play your own ball from the best drive. Tell me you stuck one so, yeah. out past DJ or Kepka. <laughs> yeah, well, there's one hole that I got them actually. <laughs> and they had to take yours, did they, Daniel? Yep. Oh, oh nice. wow. <laughs> No difference was he was hitting three, would I hit driver? Oh, no, you don't have to tell anyone that. Just, <laughs> no. We'll just edit that out of this interview, mate. You never say that you only hit a three wood, or he only hit a three was wood. That, was, that, was that the Kepka nine or the Johnson nine? Uh, that was Kepka. Uh, I hit one past Kepka. Yeah. Wow. Not many people could say that, I don't think. No, that's true. <laughs> what, what were they like to uh, to play alongside? Uh, were they chatty, um, friendly, good? No, they were, they were a ripper of a bloke. They were just amazing guys to talk to and just about their experiences on tour and just just asking them questions about everything in general. It was just awesome. So little Bertie told me that you imp- your golf impressed them pretty pretty greatly, to be honest. So is that <laughs> is that true, if you, if you just be honest with us for a second? Yeah, they they were watching the swing pretty closely to be honest in the first case. So that was a pretty cool feeling. And then smoked one down there in front of Brooks the first tee shot and he seemed pretty impressed. So that was pretty exciting. <laughs> did nice. you uh did you pick up anything from watching those guys obviously up closer than what you would normally get? Did you pick up anything that you kind of stayed with you that you yeah. can maybe use a little bit? Well, to be honest, they were just so relaxed in what they do, they're just out there doing what they do, so they weren't really doing that much difference compared to what we do. And they all, like, they all hit bad shots like every other amateur, and a lot of people don't really realise that, so mm. they're not that much different from us. Yeah. It's just and how was the, pretty how, good to know. How was the tournament generally? I know you had uh, corporate hospitality laid on and transfers and yeah. five-star hotel all week. Must have been pretty tough <laughs> for a kid from Wodonga. It was, it was run pretty smoothly. It was just There wasn't many people there the first two days. Which was good to follow them around because there was no one there. But the second, the third day, and the last day was pretty packed. It was pretty cool atmosphere around that final hole. You must have been devastated not to be playing the Australian amateur. <laughs> it's a bit of a loss. <laughs> you don't have to say that, Daniel. It's no, he, okay. He does say stuff. I don't let him off the hook here. 
Oh, well, Daniel, thanks so much for joining us. You're the absolute leader in the clubhouse for the quirky story of 2019 on Inside the Ropes, and we really <laughs> appreciate you uh, taking the time to join us. I know you've got a bit on your plate at the moment, so thank you very much, and uh, thanks for regaling us with one of the more extraordinary stories we're going to hear all year. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Well, an, inc- an incredible tale, Blakey. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure you would, even, would have given up your start in the Australian Amateur Championship to do that. The likelihood of me getting a start in the Australian Amateur <laughs> not high. But, but we I can must, pull I strings, must, Blakey. I must say, uh, you know, out of two guys to play with, uh, Kepka and I love watching Kepka's beautiful player to watch, beautiful swing, so relaxed, and Dustin Johnson, the, the power of the guy, you know. So that would have been... Pretty much awesome. And little birdie told me that Gil played really well, so I think they were quite impressed. So, right? Yeah, that's yeah. that's a, that's a great. That would have been an amazing week. Yeah, from the same club as Zach Murray too. So we're you know we're they're kicking goals up on the border. All these river men. I know that uh, Marcus Fraser is very keen on the river men. So um, that's that's phenomenal from Daniel Gill. Yeah, great story. We touched earlier. We're jumping around a little bit here, and I apologise for that. We touched earlier on Stace about um, the Vic Open. Uh, and the Women's Australian Open, of course. We've we've announced some pretty big players. Um, let me just re- recap a bit of that. On the Vic Open side of things, we've announced uh, as coming to play Minji Lee, world number six, Penil Lindbergh, reigning major champion, Georgia Hall, reigning major champion and former winner, Joanna Clatton, Marianne Scarpnor, and Melissa Reed, who are all uh, former Vic Open winners. Uh, and on the men's side, of course, Jeff Ogilvy, Lucas Herbert, Dimi Papadatos, former winner, Simon Hawks, Matt Griffin, Richard Green, a whole host of other former winners, um, big fields, and a couple of big announcements to come. I don't, I can't really foreshadow them. I apologise for that, but oh, there's can't, can't give us anything, I, Hazy. I can't. I really would love to, but we're going to have announcements in the press in the next couple of days. But a okay. genuine world superstar in the men's, not of the, mm. at the top of the world rankings. I'm not going to say that, but one who moves the needle in his home country in particular. I'm going to give too many clues away here in a minute. Are you giving the country away? Uh, no, but it's near our time zone. Uh, you can work on that. And on the women's wow. side, we're going to have another couple of rock stars coming uh, so, in the next couple of days. So this well. year's the first year that the Vic Open's gone European tour. So that's yep. obviously helping things uh, because it backs, you know, it'll go on to the Super Six in Perth. So they're able to do a swing the same as they can with with the women, and it just helps, doesn't it, Stace, to have more than one tournament. So the women's. For the first time this year, the Women's Vic Open is, oh sorry, the Vic Open for women is part of the LPGA. So they're able to do that. And then the Women's Australian Open is the next week. So and yeah, it, I think it's, it's helping, huge to isn't have it? that. And it's then, helping. We, you know, it leads into the um, Asian events as well. So really the girls have the opportunity to play four weeks in a row and down Jeff, in this neck of the woods. So. Jeff Ogilvie will uh, definitely have his, his parents uh, out there watching because they live at 13th Beach. Is that right? They yeah, do. they do. Well, there you yeah. go. So for the Women's Australian Open, the they're IS- always there anyway. ISPS Handle Women's Australian Open, we've already announced Minji Lee, Aria Jatanagan, Moria Jatanagan, George Hall, Penilla Lindbergh. Um, I can tell you that maybe I should let out a few little secrets here, Stace. Just drop, drop a couple. Maybe. All right. All right. I would say that the past champions, Jin Young Ko is coming, Haru Nomura, Yani Singh, Katrina Matthew. Others who are committed to this tournament, I haven't really announced, but bugger it, let's do it here now. Yeah. Nelly Corder. Mm. Great. Charlie Hull. Nice. Carlotta Saganda, all in the top 20 in the world. Catherine Kirk, Suo, Sarah Jane Smith, Hannah Green, nearly won it last year, Hannah. And yep. another couple of mega names still to be announced as well, right. that I can't tell you right now, but shaping up beautifully uh, for the Grange in Adelaide and also 13th Beach in Victoria for the back-to-back tournaments. So that's going to be 
phenomenal. While we're talking about the Vic Open, I do have some housekeeping here, Blakey, early doors. Before we come back to you know the homework that I set you guys before the before the show started, there's a celebrity chef dinner at Cadinia Park or GMHBA Stadium in Geelong on the Friday night of the Vic Open. Uh, many of our listeners would be aware of Challenge, a charity that supports kids with cancer and is well known among the golf community, of course, for its ties with Jared Lyle and Robert Allenby. And on that Friday, the 8th of February at uh, Cadinia Park, uh, Golf Australia is putting on a very special charity dinner for Challenge with all proceeds going directly to the charity that our old mate Jared held so close to his heart. Celebrity chefs are going to cook up a feast. There'll be live entertainment, special guests, a chance to hit the ball onto the stadium, uh, which is phenomenal now, Cadinia Park. It's absolutely beautiful. I was there for the big bash a couple of weeks ago. It's in pristine condition. Do you think it's going to ha- help the cats this year? or No, I don't, Stace. Okay. I'm really sorry to yep. disappoint you. But, uh, hit a ball onto the stadium uh, from the uh, maybe from the um, the grandstands, I think, just in front of the where the function is going to be held, which is going to be awesome. And the night's going to be hosted by um, Australian comedy legend Tom Gleisner, uh, who's very familiar to a lot of people most recently, I suppose, for Have You Been Paying Attention, but he's done a myriad of stuff through the last couple of decades on the on, in Australian entertainment. So if you want to book for that, it's www.vicopengolf.com forward slash charity dinner. Um, if you can be part of it or buy a table or make a donation for the in name of Jared Lyle to Challenge Cancer, that would be awesome. It's going to be a fun night in the middle of the Vic Open. Now, Blakey. I set you some homework um, just to bring everyone up to speed Pressure. with uh, with what's happened, perhaps on the lesser, lesser known side of things, uh, away from the, I'm going to say Broadway probably 30 times this year, so a little bit off Broadway. What happened on the Q schools with, around with the world? With Q schools, so Dylan Perry from New South Wales who came through the uh, amateur programs of New South Wales and Australia got through and is now a PGA of Australasia member, so that was, um, he, he was the leading player on on the Q school there in, in December. So well done to Dylan. Uh, Asia was interesting. Zach Murray who's a friend of the program uh, from also from Wodonga. You mentioned before he's got into the Asian tour. So he actually played on the weekend uh, in Asia in the Singapore open finished tied 38th, got six K 6,000 bucks in the kick. So us. So uh, Daniel Fox from WA is a veteran who's, who's played, um, you know, I think he's played on that tour before, but he, he's back on the Asian tour or on the Asian tour. And uh, in Europe, your friend uh, Hazy Dayan Lawson from Victoria got through, and so did Nick Cullen, who won the Australian Masters a few years ago with that great bunker shot out at Metro. He's back on the European PN Tour, and a little bit further back, uh, you know, Cam Davis, Curtis Luck, and Matt Jones got onto the US Tour there, full cards, but that's a little while ago. We knew about that already. Uh, and How was that? That was pretty good. I think you might have skipped across Dylan Perry getting his Japanese card as well. Oh, uh, okay. All right. So Sorry. we're going to give you a B plus. Okay. <laughs> no, no, I'll give you Well, the Japanese tour is awesome, isn't it? Yeah, it's phenomenal. And Australia's, mm. you know, as names we mentioned last year regularly, um, Brendan Jones, Matt Griffin, Anthony Quayle, all those guys, others I've missed there doing a really good job. Great to see Travis Smythe start out the year well. Uh, in Asia as well, at Singapore. So 24th in Singapore. And Wan Jun Lee, now there's an interesting one. I covered, yeah. covered Wan Jun Lee as an amateur years ago, and then he went and got a start in the Open Championship. Uh, Canusti, I think it was, might have been. Oh, I can't even think of the year. It's quite a few years ago. Now, then he dropped out of golf, didn't he? He was from, I think he was from Concord in Sydney. 
He finished 18th in the Singapore Open. He's, awesome. he's making a big comeback. We probably should try and track him down. It's been ages since I've spoken to him. I think he nearly won the Australian Open. It might have been the one that Craig Parry yeah. won. Um, 07, maybe, Seven. from memory. 07, yeah. Uh, you know, he's a coulda, woulda, shoulda, perhaps, but maybe it's not over yet for Juan June. So that's, Definitely not. That's no. phenomenal. Stace, on the uh, on the women's side? Yeah, while we're rolling with Q schools, I guess, if we're going back to uh, LPGA, I'm not sure if we touched on it late last year or not, but um, Robin Choi, obviously, Fantastic. big big effort there getting full full status. She did get the last spot at Q school, but she's got full status. Awesome. Um, so that'll give her some starts. She's not sure how many at this point, but um, yeah, I mean, great effort. Uh, Floody, uh, Rebecca Artis, good uh, friend of the team <laughs> at Inside the Ropes, didn't, unfo- uh, she unfortunately didn't get a card. Uh, she'll have limited status, but this is where it's a good opportunity she for Europe. Our, uh, she go back to Europe at all? Uh, she might play a little bit there, but Vic Open and Aussie Open being co-sanctioned, oh, yes. mm. she will get in those. So, you know, all she's got to do, well, I shouldn't say all she's got to do, <laughs> but have a good start in those. And Do, do they have a re-rank kind exactly. of situation? Yeah. yeah. So that'll be, uh, and similar situation for Sarah Kemp. Um, as well, um, Julian Sue uh, didn't good. Uh, have we spoke about her yet today at all, Hazy? Or <laughs> um, big feature on today's show? Julian Sue got uh, just Symmetra status from she didn't go past second stage, and then on China Q School actually that just finished last week, uh, Paige Stubbs she got mm. a full card in China, so she's able to play the season up there. So great opportunity for her and. I think, you know, another good pathway for, for one of our girls. And LET, actually, Amy Walsh kept her card on very limited status from playing the and playing well in the Vic Open. Um, so the last couple of years, she's only played on the Access Tour. And so, yeah, hopefully she can get um, a few events a few events this year. And then also on Q School, ALPG are having a Q School this year for the first time, um, which is great. I think great progress for the ALPG Tour it's going to be next week. There's around 60 girls. Uh, oh. No, sorry, 80 girls. Um, very, very strong international field. And from that Q school, the top the top eight will get into the Vic Open. Top one, a person who wins it will get into the Aussie Open. And then top 15 from that will get into the other events like the, the Canberra Classic, the ALPG event, then the two New South Wales ones, the Bonville and um, New South Wales Open, and then other pro-ams as well. So, Where's that being played, the that's Q School? Pl- uh, that's being played at Ballarat Golf Club nice. next week. So it's, g- it's going to be a great field. Yeah, it <laughs> It'll be like a really it. strong field, and I think it's a great idea by the ALPG. Yeah, phenomenal. Yep. So that's, uh, I think that's about all I've got there, Hazy. Uh, Stace, well, as we're winding up the Inside the Ropes episode number 78, our first for 2019, I'm instigating a new prize this year. I've got to figure out a name uh, a little bit better on, with probably with Mari's input, I would imagine. But f- working title is the Finchies. Oh, wow. Okay. So it's sort of like the Brownlow or the Dell M or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, and you are the clubhouse leader. Is that right? You've got the you've got the vote for for day one, it, wow. named in honour of Ian Baker Finch. If we go with this, but right now you what are. What is that for? What is this for? You are leading the Finchies because you've brought so much to the table today. <laughs> I don't want to downplay oh, Blakey's role, that. which has been you know that. pretty good in itself. But you know, if unless he brings a former world number one to the table, he cannot compete with you today. <laughs> it took me a few days to work up the courage for that one to ask you that. So breaking stories, exclusive interviews, <laughs> one vote only. Stacey Peters, Media leading the superstar, leading the Finchies. Well done. Thank you. It's been a pleasure to be back in the uh, chair for 2019. I hope this is not my last one. Well, I don't think you. I think you've played your way into the team, to be honest, <laughs> Blakey. What do you? Where do you think Mari is? Where do you think Andy Mari is? He's probably not far away from right here. You don't reckon? 
No. He's been he has been everywhere uh, over summer. He's been on more TV screens. Big than Bash. Can, I big saw bash, him on the Big yeah. Bash the other day. Women's Big Bash. Yeah. yeah, he has been everywhere. So hopefully, he's running around the AFLW fields now. He yeah, could be the world. We're lucky biggest, to have him. Busiest man. He could yeah. be. So if we can pin him down, we'll get him back in the studio next week, and you'll hear far more dulcet tones than mine. Bring it to you, Blakey. Thank you. Really good no job, mate. Hazy. Welcome back to uh, Inside the Ropes for 2019, everyone. And we'll come back to you with more uh, next week for episode 79.